This is the New York Angler Fishing Podcast, brought to you by nyangler.com, your secret spot online. Hosted by the man who introduced New Yorkers to the world of online fishing, Mr. George Skaka. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the New York Fishing Podcast. My name is George Skaka. I will be your host. Once again, we have a great show for you. We speak with uh, none other than Mr. Tony Fish, who bagged that 15-pound fluke. Uh, it's quite a story. And uh, they actually tried to keep it alive and release it, but uh, I guess a, a fish that size would be tough to keep alive, you know, and, and revive. Uh, we'll, we also have Craftus Fishing Station. They're going to be reporting on what's happening, uh, all the good news in Long Island Sound. I am going to say that uh, the fishing has been absolutely fantastic for those of you that are fishing. I'm a bit disappointed in the number of boats I'm seeing at my marina right now. This COVID situation has definitely got uh, people scared, I guess, because, uh, I mean, our dock is social distancing and, and here we are in, uh, at the best fishing time that you're going to find during the year, at least uh, for inshore anglers. The other good news this week was the uh, huge bluefin tuna, huge run of, of tuna that was seen between 15 and 20 miles outside of Mauritius all the way east to Montauk. I know a few anglers that cashed in on that and caught some pretty nice fish. So if you have one of those boats, you catch the right day and you're willing to push it and maybe have the gear, you can actually get in on some of this offshore fishing. Also this week, we heard about weak fish. Uh, we heard about weak fish in the Long Island Sound. I heard about weak fish, you know, in the Western Sound. Uh, but the biggest weak fish are definitely coming out of Great South Bay. I'm not going to get particular, but uh, those of you folks that have fished the bay for a while know traditionally where those uh, fish are coming from. These are actually, you know, pretty big. I've seen some some photos of some pretty good fish, but uh, the anglers were uh, anglers I consider to be in the uh, top 10%. So before I go on, I'd like to begin with my open, which I do in each and every episode. I, I get something on my mind or I just want to bring things to your attention. I don't think anglers realize how much that they can affect the outcome of fisheries management. They are actually, they got involved this time. I, I don't believe they got involved out of education. I honestly believe fisheries managers didn't want to go this way. No one ever told me that. I never got that, uh, you know, it was never even whispered. But I believe the, uh, at least local New York state representatives were not crazy about the slot fish out of the gate. Um, but they were, they did listen to the people. The people were like 75% on our surveys. And the number was huge. Everybody wanted uh, the slot fish. Honestly, I never wanted the slot fish and I didn't come out against it only because there was so much support for it. I, I, I was like, you know what? Maybe they know what they're doing. But as I look at what's happening so far and what's happened uh, so far this spring, 
I am seeing a lot of huge cows that are being pulled out of the water, taking pictures. Now, listen, I'm all about catch and release and I'm all about getting that photo. But uh, my, my whole point here is we were trying to reduce catch and release mortality. And I'm going to make the argument that a slot fish has increased catch and release mortality dramatically. All the studies I've seen on catch and release striped bass, the fish uh, 28 inches and under, they're like 2 to 3% which to me would be even a high number, but they're trying to say overall we're 10%. So let's think about it. Um, you're, you have to catch a fish between 28 and 35 inches. So you go out, your nature, you're an angler, is to catch the biggest fish that you can catch. So, and in many cases, people will release those fish anyhow. So an angler is going to go out, He's going to weed through all the short ones, throw those back and lose that two to three percent. And then he's going to get a fish of 35 pounds, 40 pounds, egg laden or possibly, you know, they might have just spawned. But in either case, they are pulling these big fish out of the water, taking photos of them and putting them back in. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be doing that. That's the regulation that New York State has put in place. Not New York State, ASMFC. We kind of went along with, uh, you know, with what they ultimately decided, although I'm not convinced that they all wanted that either. I mean, look, I'm the type of person where if it's not broken, you don't fix it. If you look at the numbers back in the 80s, there were no striped bass. I mean, if you looked at what they look like today, and what they looked like then, it was a totally different situation. There were no bass. They weren't even showing up on a chart. Now we've got a huge biomass of fish in comparison. But back then, we upped the size to 36 inches, period. We stopped commercial fishing. They blamed it on PCBs, but we stopped commercial fishing. And the fishery thrived. This generation that's fishing had no idea what it was like. I mean, I, I see reports, oh, I had 20 fish last night, but no keepers, not a good night. I mean, you know, we didn't see 20 striped bass in a year. That's how bad that it was. So, I mean, the top 10% were able to catch, but most people, the only striped bass they ever saw were in pictures in magazines. So, so we knew, we knew for a fact that the one over 36 worked. It worked. I am not convinced that I am convinced that we are killing more big fish now than we ever did before. Because if somebody went out chunking, I'm going to use the West Sound as an example. They go out, they catch their freaking 40 pounder, they put it in the boat, they go home. Now they catch their 40 pound, they catch another 40, catch it. Maybe we'll get a 50. Doesn't matter. We got to throw it back anyway. So they are going to stay there. I can't blame them. I can't blame them. They, they're not out there to take a fish home. There's a lot of anglers. You know, I don't know what the percentage is, but I think um, I'm going to ask our Instagram uh, guru to put this out to, uh, to our audience. You know, I mean, I don't know what percentage of anglers go out to bring a fish home as to what percentage of anglers go out to catch the biggest fish they can. Me, 
I am the type of angler where I want to catch the biggest fish I can. So I am, you know, I am going to have to release every single one of those fish. So this year, in all honesty, I have not targeted striped bass that often, only in places where I I know I'm not going to get a freaking 40 pounder. So, and this has nothing to do with charter boat, uh, charter boat, charter boat or party boat anglers or charter or their businesses. Okay. They have a slot fish. These guys know what they're doing. If there's a top 10%, they're the top 1%. There is no doubt about it. They're doing it every single day. They just know where the fish are. So they're not going to go out targeting 40 and 50 pound bass unless the charter requests it. They're they're going to go catch the fish that's going to fit in the slot size. And if anybody knows where they are, it's a charter boat captain. So I don't, so then it's over. There is no catch and release with 40 pound bed. They don't even want to deal with that. They can't keep the fish. So this is not anything against the uh, party or charter boats. And it's, it's not against anybody. It's my personal opinion. I believe we are doing more harm to the fishery with this slot fish and that our catch and release mortality is going to go through the roof. You think of all those 35 and 40 pound fish that you folks have seen on social media and websites and your friends. Uh, Look, uh, everybody means well, but it's very hard to handle a fish of that size and then revive it. And I don't want to hear, oh, it swam away. Yeah. They swim away to go to the bottom and they die. So uh, I'm not saying it happens to all of them and I'm not knocking catch and release by any means. But to target a fish that you know you can't keep just to take a photo, I don't know. The regulation, as far as I'm concerned, was is wrong. I'm hoping in two years that I'm correct and we're going to go back down to like a 32-inch fish. Let the charter boats do what they want. They're not doing harm. But I believe that we should be at one fish at 32 inches. And I'm sorry about you guys up there in Maine and wherever else you are. That's what it should be. But that's not to say that I wouldn't support a slot fish for other species. And I'll give you an example. So let's talk about blackfish, tautog, the, you know, the, the bottom fish that we all love to catch. Did you know that a tog, a blackfish of 20 inches or larger, produces 17 times the amount of eggs than a fish of 19 inches? So think about that for a second. Me, personally, I have always released my big tog. It doesn't make me better than anybody. It's just some kind of a weird relationship I've had with the fish. Uh, they always seem to be too big or too small, and it's, it's tough for me to, to keep those fish. You know, the other point is they are always, I mean, always hooked in the lip every time. I don't think I've ever in my life gutted a tog. So when you bring that fish up, I mean, I don't know what the catch and release mortality number is on those, but those fish will survive. So now, you know, you want to make a a slot fish on tog and actually reduce the minimum size a little bit, go down to 15, who knows, maybe even 14. 
You make it 14 to 18. I don't know. Maybe that number's too tight. Uh, you make it 14 to 20. But a 20-inch fish will have 17 times the amount of eggs. And again, those fish are hardy. You can take as long as you don't drop them on the deck and let them flop around. Those fish will survive. I mean, I don't know of any studies to back that up. But I feel that there's time for a slot that will do good for the fishery, like in the blackfish fishery. I really don't see any need to keep all those big giant fish. But hey, look, that's my personal preference. If an angler is not breaking the law, you know, that is fine with me. But You know, the biggest blackfish I ever caught was 13 pounds. It was in a spring a long, long time ago uh, when I was fishing the West Sound out of a nine foot or 10 foot uh, tin boat with a five horsepower kicker. Uh, But I managed a 13 pound fish, a little over 13 pounds, but she was egg laden. I let the fish go. I didn't think twice about it. I would have never kept it. So, um, and, and I know that she survived. She was in great shape. So, look. I think we made a huge mistake. I hope I'm wrong, but I do believe we made a huge mistake because anglers are always going to target the big fish. They're always going to target the big fish, period. I mean, you catch one 40-pounder, your first thought is there's got to be more. So maybe we need to, well, I know that the uh, younger generation came out in full support of a slot. Most of that was because of the success of the redfish slot and the snook slot. Uh, But those are different fisheries. They are not the striped bass fishery. They are not the number one targeted species from Southern New Jersey to northern Massachusetts up into actually up into Maine only they don't get too many big fish up there those guys should be allowed one little fish but anyway as I say I I was not a big proponent of the slot the people were I hope the people are right but unfortunately with the photos everything I'm seeing and hearing about they can't even get away from these big fish uh, on chunks um, I don't, uh, I don't see this as being a plus for the striped bass fishery. Well, New York anglers, now to move on, we have a great, great cast on, on tap for you for this podcast. Uh, we have the famous Steve Luft. He's going to be covering the reservoirs upstate New York. We have John from Hudson Park, Bait and Tackle. We have Anthony Gucciotto, our Instagram wizard, who has been out there catching tuna. What a tuna season we're having, folks. And uh, he will be talking about that. We also speak with Caraftis Fishing Station. They give us an update on what's happening in their neck of the woods. So this should be a great, great show. And we're going to start out with Tony Fish, who bagged a 15-pound fluke while fishing in Jamaica Bay. So I'm on the phone here with Tony Fish. He's the guy who landed that uh, historic, I'm going to call, 15-pound 
fluke the other day, and he has assured me he's going to tell us exactly where, when, what tide, what bait, everything that happened. No, I'm only kidding. So, Tony, <laughs> so, Tony uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your experience as far as uh, fishing. Do you, do you fish often? Yeah, you know, I grew up on Long Island, to live on Long Island, fish as much as I possibly can. Lived on the water for a bunch of years as well. Um, we uh, so where where uh, where are you? So you live on Long Island, or you fish on Long out on the island, yeah. or yeah, I live on Long Island. Um, I'm a local guy. Uh, the other day when I caught that fish, we were living, we were fishing in uh, Jamaica Bay. Normally fish the um, you know. Uh, Jones Beach area right, or right. Uh, Rockaway area. Right. Well, we were a little further west in uh, Jamaica Bay the other day. Nice, nice. So, so I have to ask a couple things. So, you were, what type of day were you having? You know, were you, were you catching? Was it your first fish, your last fish? Um, no, we were, we were having a decent day. We we uh, we left the slip about six thirty in the morning to catch the Alco one. Right. Uh, we we stopped. We plugged a couple bass top water, which was always fun, you know. Yeah. And then um, we were in about twenty five feet of water. But yeah. That, no, I was saying I love uh, you know I love catching old schoolie bass, you know. Oh, it's That's a lot good. of it's a lot of fun on the top water when they hit and they jump out of the water and dance, you know. Nice, nice. So, so we uh, we yeah. did that for a little bit, and then we. Uh, started dripping for fluke and we're picking through you know a little poster size stamp fluke and uh yeah had a couple decent size couple keepers and then um all of a sudden it's this monster whack wow. you know and i i set the hook and i went to reel and the, the reel skipped a little bit which i was surprised because it's a really nice reel uh you know, Cravalis. right and, uh, right I thought I was snagged on the bottom. So I, I, you know, lifted up and I got a couple head shakes and I was like, oh my God, this is actually a fish, you know? (laughs) And, uh, you know, both my brothers were on the boat with me and a buddy of mine named Brent was there and, you know, they saw the excitement in my face. So everybody reeled up, got out of the way. My one brother grabbed the net and it was a quick fight because it was only like 20, 25 feet of water and it came right up. But when this thing came up, it looked like a submarine breaching the water. I mean, it was like a manhole cover. Wow. Floating on top of the water. It was, well, everybody went nuts. My brother netted it head first right away. Nice. Dumped into the deck of the boat, and everybody started jumping and cheering and screaming like little kids on Christmas. You know? <laughs> I've been there. Not often enough, but I definitely have been there. Um, not with a fluke, though. Not, not something of that size. So... So now, so what's the thought pattern after that? So now you catch this big fish, you're kind of like, there's no way we're going to top it. Do you keep on fishing, looking for another one, thinking that maybe, uh, you know, the sister or brother is hanging out there? Well, normally, I mean, you hear these stories of guys, you know, catching a 10 or 12 pound fluke, and then right behind it, it's an eight pound fluke, or, you right. know, that they. They're right. always, where there's one, there's always two. So, right, that that was my thought, yeah. You know, once I landed that fluke, my uh, my older brother, Dan, who was the captain of the boat, he said, uh, he's like, let's go weigh it in immediately. 
And I said to him, I said, listen, you know, where there's one, there's always another. Let's fish the hole out. And we spoke about it for a second, and I was outvoted. Everybody wanted to go get it weighed in right away. And we uh, shot over to Stella Marie's in uh, Brooklyn. Right, right, right. And had it weighed They're in good there. people over there. Oh, uh, great guys. I mean, yeah. they brought us around the beers. They were great guys. Yeah, they're really, really good people. I've always, uh, back in the Northeast Saltwater days, they supported me, and they were just like stand-up people. So I'm glad you brought yeah, real, the fish there. Yeah, yeah. So so hold on now. So then you were your three brothers on the boat? Uh, me and two brothers, Danny and Frankie. Nice. And then my buddy that I worked with, a uh, younger guy named Brent. Oh, okay. So that's nice, man. Three brothers out fishing. Um, you know what? Yeah, the uh, only thing missing was was my pop. You know, I wish he was there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that would have made uh, made it perfect. But hey, look, you guys are lucky. Uh, you know, your three brothers. You're out fishing, and you bag this freaking fish of a lifetime, right? Fifteen yep. pounds. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I, was, I was in. Uh, complete disbelief, you know, even looking at it on the deck of the boat. I'm like, that didn't just happen, you know? Right, right. So when we had uh, spoken uh, earlier, you had mentioned to me uh, that you're in the fish business. So, Correct. So what exactly, uh, so where are you in the business? And have you ever seen, have you ever cut up a fish like that before? The only thing I've seen close to that size are small halibut, you know? Yeah. I've never, yeah. I've That's never a throwback a halibut, definitely. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We're, uh, yeah, I'm in the business. It's called New Wave Seafood. Okay. And, uh, and we, where are you located? We have a retail. It's in Wantor. Oh, nice. Yeah. We used to have one of these sites that I owned with the gentleman that owns the store in Wantor. Right. Him and I were partners in uh, East Isop. We had that for about seven years we sold that about a year ago and nice. unfortunately the guy I sold it to ran it into the ground but that's another story that's uh, always sad I tell you, hey you know what it's uh we have something in common look at nor'east.com <laughs> yeah i sold yeah, that and boy they, they ran that thing into the ground but um so yeah so that's great so you three brothers you catch this fish of a freaking lifetime um I mean, did it fit in your fish box? I kind of wasn't sure. I, you know, I don't know what type of boat. What kind of boat? What, what kind of boat were you guys on? We were on a 20, uh, 21 foot Mako. And nice. I think it was twenty. Yeah, I think it's twenty one feet. It's a Mako. See the twenty or twenty one feet. Yeah, it's my brother's boat, the uh, uh, Catherine Francis. That's great. And, um, that's yeah, always so a we good went boat. To, uh, it's a great boat. Great yeah. boat. You know, center console. We went to stick it in the live well. But the live well was full of uh, soapy water from when he washed the boat. Ah, uh, yeah. So we, uh, you know, we wrapped it up with wet towels and shot right over Stella Marie and had it weighed. And uh, I was going to release it after, but she didn't make the, the trip back. She wound up uh, dying on us. Yeah, I don't look. Shame, I, you know. Hey, listen. Don't ever feel guilty, right, about killing a fish. You're in the business. It happens. I know we all, you know, I'm that way, right, where I'll, I'd, I'd rather release a huge fish like that. I would. I've done right. it. You know, I've right. not a 15-pounder. I've never even 
caught a 10 pounder, but you know, I've let a lot of five pound fish go, you know? Um, so, but you know, look, you catch this fish of a lifetime, 15 freaking pounds. Um, so I got to ask, were, were you jigging? Was it on bait? Oh, um, I was jigging. I was okay. jigging. I had a, had a three ounce scroll white on the bottom, tipped with a, a white mullet gulp. And nice. then uh, up top on a teaser hook, I had another white gulp. And we were just picking fluke all day, jigging away, you know? Yeah, I've been, I actually, that's... Uh, what I used the last time I went out, just all white, white gulp, um, you know, white bucktails, and we did pretty well. I mean, yeah, all right. my fish that I caught added up wouldn't hit up to your 15 pounder, <laughs> but you know, it did do pretty good and uh, lost. Yeah, the, the one, fish. one guy on the one guy in the boat is uh, the guy Brent. Right. He was uh, using squid and spearing and, you know, old school with the uh, the, um, the slide, you know, and he's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. working the ball and he was producing fish, but everything was like a, like a postage stamp, you know, all six uh, to eight inch fish and breaking his chops the rest of the day, telling him the <laughs> hundred fluke that he caught doesn't measure to my 15, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I got to tell you, the pictures are great. I, I don't know if you know, but I stole one off of your uh, Facebook account and put it on my website at newyorkangler.com. But uh, you, you should check it out. You're on the cover. Um, oh, really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so you're jigging, you're using, uh, I call that the Skinner style. I mean, you right. know, like he was like. Yeah, John uh, Skinner. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, kind of you know, like people that that work hard for fluke, um, you know, that's that's how you got to fish. So, were you guys short drifting? Were you just taking a long drift? Were you looking for a dip? Or uh, you know, we uh, we don't normally fish Jamaica Bay, so we were working you know different pieces of uh, bottom that we were finding, and we found a little shelf that we. Um, Worked a couple times that, you know, I had uh, two other keepers on. Right. And when we came back with the, the next drift is when the 15 are hit. But, um, yeah, we were just trying. Uh, we were in the back of Jamaica Bay by, like, because um, that's the Canarsie Pier over there. Right, right. Nice. I tell you what, that is some fish, fish of a lifetime. You know, three brothers, you know, uh I, mean, I I don't think you can beat it. I don't think you could top it. And uh, I mean, I hope I can. I would I would like to top it. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I don't you think know it's any better than that. You know. You know what? I hate to break it to you. You could hope all you want. I really doubt <laughs> that you beat that. But who knows? Maybe you will. You could. You know, I fished with a guy um, years ago. 20, 25 years ago. His first name was Tony. His last name is uh, is slipping, but his his boat was called the Fish a lot. And he, uh-huh. he fished out of the North Fork. Um, and we would, you know, we fished with him a lot. He was really just a great guy. And he had the state record. I don't know if it was beat. It might have been. Um, but he caught a 22-pounder. Right. And oh, yeah. 
every time we we fish with him, he told us the same exact story. You know, he forgot that he told us the you know the story before, and it was a manhole cover flopping on the deck. So, uh, you know, you guys must have looked at that fish and went, "Oh my God!" You know, look yeah, like I, like I. Like I told you before, I mean, it was like a bunch of, you know, children jumping around on Christmas. I mean, it was high-fiving and yelling and, you know. Well, listen, congratulations on a great catch. Please uh, extend the same out to the captain and your brothers and your friend over there and the folks at Stella Maris. uh, You know, they're good people and... um, you know, I'm really, I'm really happy for you. You seem to, uh, you put in your time, you know, uh, all too often. Like I've never caught a 50 pound bass, right? But I took somebody right. fishing with me once. I had a couple in the high 40s, but no 50s. So, but I took someone fishing with me one time. The guy never fished in his freaking life. He was using a rod like upside down, cranking the thing in yeah. the wrong way. 51 pounder, right? Yeah. I go, you don't get it. I'm trying to catch this freaking fish for 20 years. But yeah, that's nice. 15 pounds. Congratulations once again. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. You have earned the name Tony Fish. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All right. You may want to make it Tony Flatfish. Yeah, you know, I mean, I may have to change it now. Yeah, there was a guy, uh, Flatfish... Burke, we used to have, uh, he fished out of the Long Island Sound. And every freaking year, this guy got a 10-pounder. So we called him Charlie. Really? Charlie Flatfish Burke. Yeah, he's gone now. Good nickname. Yeah. All right, listen. Again, I wish you guys all the best. Stay safe. Um, Enjoy fishing. There's nothing better. There's nothing safer, as you know. And... uh, I hope you're able to open up your restaurant pretty soon. Thanks, George. I really appreciate it. And I hope that, uh, you know, I get another fish of a lifetime to have this conversation again. Well, you know what? I think we're going to, I get this feeling we're going to talk again either way. You got it. All right. Yeah, man. All right. right. I I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Thanks again. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Next up is Anthony Gucciotto. Many of you may know him uh, by the popular Instagram account he has at uh, thenewyorkangler.com. He has been bitten by the tuna bug. It happened, I believe, last season when he first started really getting into it. And there's something about catching those tuna that... I don't know. It could change your whole life. So Anthony's given us a first-hand report of some of the fantastic, kind of unbelievable uh, bluefin fishing we have right now within 15 miles of shore. Anthony, welcome to the show, and please uh, tell us what you know. So I'm on the phone here with Anthony Gucciardo. He is the founder and the guy who runs uh, the most uh, popular fishing page on Instagram. And he's here to report on some firsthand experience about what's happening offshore. What's up, George? How are you? Very good. And welcome to the show. Good to be here. So tell us about... uh, 
This I'm jealous. Tell us about these tuna. So uh, right now and over the past uh, few seasons, we've been seeing more and more uh, bluefin tuna showing up closer and closer inshore. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I'm kind of new to the game, and this has uh, been my first couple seasons doing this type of fishing, but uh, it's extremely fun. It's extremely accessible for a lot of people. Um, you know, you don't need a really big boat to go do it. Um, fish come in pretty close, you know, you get top water feeds, uh, a lot of jigging, uh, trolling. So it's kind of a mix of everything. Well, that's um, great. Personally, I was out on Sunday and we ran about 15 miles south of Shinnecock. We were on our way, uh, to a wreck that sits about 30, 32 miles off and it got wind picked up, got a little nasty. So we started trolling west, uh, worked some, uh, nice little area with some fingers and uh we ended up dropping one fish and putting a nice like 42 inch fish in the boat which was good wow uh, that's first great trip. that makes your whole day you know yep a fish like that uh first trip out and uh and you bag them. it's amazing that they're inshore you know years ago back in the late 80s early 90s we would you know those fish would come inshore but not like this. You, you still had to go 20 miles. You know, this is uh, this is a rarity. And um, I'm really glad that uh, that you got in on it. So so rumor has it you've uh, you've really uh, learned to enjoy the the different type of fishery that offshore is. So. so oh, yeah. It's totally different there, right? Totally. different. 100%. I mean, in terms of, you know. The preparation for the trips, uh, the gear itself, um, you know, the rigging, it's, uh, it's really opened my eyes a lot to, uh, you know, how to do things uh, efficiently and professionally. Um, you know, I fished with a lot of, uh, prior to this, I fished with a lot of very, very reputable people um, that taught me a lot uh, all over the offshore scene, kind of uh, a couple trips up in Cape Cod giant fishing last season, uh, some jig and pop trips with some very good captains. Uh, oh, that's you know, great. I, and, uh, you know, that whole knowledge is, uh, it's, it's something, man, you know, it's, it's a very interesting game. And it's a different world. I mean, it's, there's really no such thing as spot burning when it comes to tuna fish, because it's actually, you know, unless you're in a competition, um, you know, it's actually better. It attracts more fish. I, I can remember a year that like 200 boats sat on the Bacardi and there was so much bait being dumped in the water. There was zero chance those fish were ever going to leave and, and they stayed there. So to me, it's a whole different world. I mean, uh, you know, you've, I feel, I don't know about today, but I know in years past, there, there were a decent amount of Googans out there. I kind of think they've been weeded out now as the price of boats and fishing itself has increased. Um, but I, I'm glad, man, that you got in on it. And, you know, look, if you bring the fish, I'll cook it. So just always keep that in mind every time, every time you catch something, all right? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. All right, Anthony. Look, thanks a million uh, for joining the show and for all the work you do here for New York Angler and uh, on your very uh, popular, with many engagements, uh, Instagram uh, page there. So uh, thanks a million for everything. And congratulations. No Thank you very much. All right, Anthony. All right. Bye.
Now for the man that I've been fishing with for, I don't know, over 40 years, the first fish we ever caught together were these 150-pound uh, bluefin. <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing, but we did pretty well that day. Um, so this is Steve Luft. He's not covering bluefin. He's covering the fantastic bass and trout fishing that's happening up in the local reservoirs. And then when I say local, remember, folks, uh, it's like 30 miles from the city. I make it there in less than an hour from Comac. So listen in while Steve gives us a little rundown on the hot action that's happening up in the New York reservoirs. Mm -hmm. I'm on the phone here with uh, my good friend and longtime angler, uh, Steve. He covers the... Uh, cold water reservoirs up there in the Westchester area. And he's been twisting my arm again ever since we had that fantastic day a few weeks ago um, to come up. And I went up there yesterday and, oh, my God, it was probably one of the best days I've ever had. So, Steve, I mean, how did you ever figure out this fishery? Well, it's been a it's been a long time. I've been uh, fishing up there probably, I'd say, I've been fishing up there over 40, 45 years, believe it or not. Oh, I Boy, believe it, hurts, it. It hurts to say that long, but uh, 45 years, and um, I learned from uh, a lot of guys that used to fish up there and uh, just, uh, you know, putting, uh, you know, what I know on the table and what I've learned along the way. But um, traditionally, you know, the uh, end of May, the beginning of June, is uh is fantastic up there for the for the bass action because they're all you know pre-spawn post-spawn they're just they're, they're on the beds they're off the beds but um they the fishing has just been uh been been real real great lately real great yeah well i can attest to that we get there yesterday we make a few casts all of a sudden steve is like put your glasses on so i put on my costumes and i'm like Oh, my God, there's like freaking bass swimming all over the place right in front of me. I hope, Steve, that th those videos I took, I really hope, I haven't had a chance to look at them yet. I, I, I hope they, uh, they, you know, they come out really well. And I do want to mention to the folks that we're talking about spots that are less than like a 45-minute run. I mean, I got, I got there in an hour from Long Island. So, and the fish that we're talking about, they are world-class fish. The problem is, I mean, you can work the edges. You're allowed to. You, you have to have what, Steve, the, the watershed permit? and um, yep, your New York State fishing license and your, New York, and your watershed permit. Right, and the watershed is free. They could just get that online. And mm -hmm. and they could walk the edges and work and everything from spinner baits to rubbers to uh, jerk baits, you know, it's that time of year. And there's a lot, you know, we've seen people on the edges that that have done really well catching fish. So unfortunately, you need to know someone who has a boat. And luckily, I know Steve, he's got a boat probably on every reservoir up there, maybe two or three spots. I don't know. Uh, but yesterday... <laughs> I mean, Steve, explain to the folks how how many fish we had, how many hits we had, how aggressive the fish were. The fish, the fish were just super, super aggressive. You know, I don't know if they were just taking the baits and moving them away from their beds, or or. But we we set up on. We must have. I don't know. I I I, I can't even count. <laughs> I can't even count the amount of fish. But the the thing about it is the quality of the fish, the size. They are just. They were just. World class fish. I mean, we were talking, 
you know, average three three pound fish. Yep. You know, with with some fish four pounds, and you know, some fish five pounds. And believe it or not, um, <laughs> I saw the biggest smallmouth I've seen in my history of fish in the reservoirs. And George hooked up with the fish, fight they fought the fish for five minutes. The fish was airborne and uh, spit the hook, and that was it. But we both saw this fish, and it was just tremendous. Had to be six pounds. Uh, Probably the largest I've seen um, hooked up in in, in the reservoirs. It was just tremendous. And the color, it was like a dark brown. I'd never seen a smallmouth that looked that brown. But the one that got away, you know, uh, when that hook came flying out of my mouth, I was like... Oh, I can't believe it. I, I think fought better than like a, I'm going to say a five pound blackfish on eight pound test. I mean, that, it, that breaking thing was not moving. I was like, I, I'm on bottom. Is it bottom? No, it's a fish. But not. Hey, we, great. Hey, besides that, like you say, we had to do, I don't know. I, I, you can't count. It was every cast. It was, we had either misses or hookups on every cast. So, Steve, once again, thank you for your reporting. I'm sure you'll be going out there, uh, and I wish I was a little closer, um, yes. but uh, I'm sure you'll be going out there and giving us some reports. And folks, be looking for video online of underwater shots and shots of beds and fish being released and me getting my face splashed uh, <laughs> with a release. So, yeah. Uh, yeah and so, then Steve, maybe you want to tell the people about the videos I took of you. Oh yeah. So the videos, uh, I mean, we had some great footage. The, the visibility was great, but, uh, when George came to do the videos of my fish, he reversed the screen and was videotaping <laughs> himself the whole afternoon. <laughs> Good looking fella, but you know, I would have rather seen a fish. Like, <laughs> you know, I was looking at it and I'm like, this screen is dirty. It looks like I'm videoing myself. Nah, it's the reflection from the sun. <laughs> but all in all, but all in all, it was it was great. It was yeah, great. Yeah, and I should mention that we did get checked at the end after we brought the boats in. So anyone going to these places, yes. remember they're protected by the feds. These are water supplies that eventually actually make some of them make them out to Long Island. So um, they're very protective of that area. And we did have a DEP officer stop. He was really nice, and uh, you know, but he did check us all out. So make sure you get your fishing license, which you could get online with the uh, fishing and hunting app and get your watershed. It's uh, it's free of charge. And get in on some of that fishing up there. There's like four or five different reservoirs and lakes that it aren't that far. And your freshwater guys should really cash in on It's a world-class, uh, you know, best-kept secret fishery. I mean, we saw two full grown mature eagles on a lake diving taking fish we saw huge freaking trout with blitzes on the top by the time we got there they were gone that's because steve rose all day but uh (laughs) that that place that place it really is amazing so guys check out the footage on newyorkangler.com and steve thanks once again i can't look i I got to get you out here if the fluke fishing's good again over the next couple of days. Uh, 
we'll get you out Good. here so you can take Good. home some fillets. Looking forward to it, George. All Looking right, man. Quarantine safe. Thank you, buddy. Good good fishing. Take uh, care. Take care now. I'm on the line with my good friend John from Hudson Park Beat and Tackle. And he's going to clue us in on what he's seen this week and what he expects to see moving forward as far as fishing. So, go ahead, Johnny. First of all, you're open now? Yeah, we're open. Uh, we're allowing uh, one to two couples in the store at a time. Practicing okay. safe distancing and using the masks. Right, right. Well, it's always and, good uh, to walk in the store. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Everybody wants to see what they're going to buy. Right, right. So have you been busy? I mean, look, I know that it's really, uh, this COVID thing has really put the brakes on a lot of, you know, a lot of old timers like myself that are in that category to kind of, you know, um, yeah, we could, we could get at the worst. I mean, I know it's not stopping me, but I could see. But I also see there are a lot of people fishing, you know. There uh, are a lot of people fishing. You know, so, I mean, once they get that taste of being out on the beautiful water and getting away from all this news and madness, um, I'm, I'm guessing that uh, that things are starting to light up. And I, I know fishing, you know, I fished your area quite quite a long time and everything I'm hearing is really positive as far as bass and uh, you know when porgies and some flu could be in pick but maybe you could uh, give us some particulars yeah down on our end in the western sound uh, a lot of guys are trolling they're trolling mojos and then trolling spoons they're trolling x wraps uh, a bunch of other things some umbrella rigs with uh, the mojo down the center Right And a lot of big fish have been shown. I've seen pictures of fish up to 40, 48 pounds that have been released. Wow. And everybody's coming home with, uh, you know, one fish, you know, living and having some dinner. Uh, the blues have been showing up, and we're getting those school, you know, school size, you know, in the four to five, six-pound range. And also some uh, monsters have shown themselves in the harbors. But uh, that that's good this year, and I attribute that to the sound being cleaner with everybody on lockdown. There's no pollution in the sound so hopefully that was the case we've got some weak fish going on um, we've got fluke uh, on all the short edges meaning short edges meaning 9 to 12 to 15 feet 17 feet the most and they're in the rocky areas off the points and a nice fluke being taken up to 7 pounds so far I'm supposedly having an 8 pounder coming in shortly that a guy caught this morning well, but everybody's great. doing good the porkies are getting their Butts kicked. <laughs> yeah. Sea bass are, are go, you know, abound, and but you just can't keep them yet. But that, that'll open up shortly. Yeah, I know. It's kind of weird all these sea bass were saying, right? I mean, yeah. is it me? It's like bagorals are, are gone, right? I haven't seen one of those in, since I can Years. remember. And now it's like uh, the sea bass are showing up, and it's good news for sound anglers. Yeah. You know? There's a lot of sea robins, though, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing them also. I, I, you know, I fished to the east a little bit, and we've got tons and tons of sand eels, uh, more than I've seen in the longest time. So they're going to head that way, and uh, you know, I, I think that we're going to have overall, we're going to have a great season. So uh, yeah. So uh, John, I know. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, your jig operation there. I know uh, you have some very popular. Yeah, 
Okay. The original, the original Blackfish jig. Okay. okay. I came out with this years ago. There's a lot of, a lot of copycats on the market now coming out with their own jigs, but I'm still holding my own. You know, I still got my, my regular guys coming back and using the jigs and that's for Blackfish and I have heads to flatheads. And then I also have my fluke rats and my fluke stingers. Right. You know, which are also selling really, really well. well that's and uh, that's basically what held us together in this COVID thing. Well, that's good news. You know, uh, the strong survived, Johnny, right? So we have to, uh, you know, we have to find ways to get around all this madness, yeah. you know. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> so Listen, it's a little note on the on the light tackle side, which is ahead. basically our shop specialty. We got a lot of guys in the kayaks and the small center consoles, you know, small boats going in towards the, you know, the shorelines to the breakwaters and to the outflows, um, to the small reefs outside, you know, middle reef, uh, no nations. And they're catching a lot, a lot of stripers uh, using barbless hooks, you know, and release. And there's an occasional keeper thrown in, but they're having a ball light tackle on the stripers. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I used to love coming out of there and uh, Steve and I would fish all the edges all the way down and around. And, uh, you know, and and there were times where, like you say, uh, those fish really schooled up. And that's really that area is really where I learned to. Uh, throw plugs and bombers and, uh, you know, how to, how to catch those fish. Um, yeah, right top. now it's the tidal tail is bucktail thing. <laughs> well, that's great. You know, it's all changed since then. I mean, yeah. it's hard to find anyone that's throwing a bomber nowadays. You know, it's all uh, rubber and paddle tails and jig heads and yep. uh, jigs. So, and they work better. So, um, yeah, three quarter ounce, one ounce bucktails, you know, with a curl tail grub on it. Right. Um, Taking, taking a lot of fish, guys. I'm having a blast. Everybody's yeah. coming back with a smile. Yeah, that's well, that's the kind of fishing I like to do, you know. Yeah. So, uh, and look, they're not uh, taking all the big ones. Although I have to say, I, I in the beginning of this episode, uh, you'll hear my position. I, I am not in support of this slot for anything. But, um, you know, it You're is not into the slot. No. No, I, I don't. I think they would kill more fish with the slot bycatch. You know, all these big fish with we're hooking, we're letting them all go. Whereas if a guy caught a forty pound that he would put in his boat, he'd be done. You know, um, especially now, if he's got you know a, a big eight o hook or a ten o hook and his thing's bleeding. Yeah, you know? and and you know what? Look, even those lip hooked fish, and it goes for most fish. You know, some fish anyway. You know, they get. Those things give it their all, you know, and by yep. the time you get that fish inside a boat, it's definitely exhausted. And you have to take your time and work that fish uh, to revive yep. it. And according to the numbers, uh, the big fish die a, a, a lot more and catch and release than the small fish. I don't know. They swim away, but they eventually become lobster food. Right. I mean, look, I'm a firm believer in if it's not broken, you don't fix it. So yep. it's it was broken. But the last time we fixed it, there were no bass at all. And then we moved it to one fish at 36. And now we have this huge biomass of fish. Um, yeah. Why not go to one at 32? Um, but whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Maybe someday we could give people a choice. Uh, and, you know, I don't worry about the party and charter boats doing this because if anyone has the knowledge to catch the slot fish, it's them. And that's what they want to yeah. catch. They don't want to catch yep. people a freaking 50 pound fish because they can't take no. it home. 
So, <laughs> you know, so, uh, but look, I appreciate your report. We'll be speaking with you each and every week. Um, okay. And thanks again, Johnny, and uh, keep up the good work. You know, thing, it's only going to get better from here. We can only hope. We can only hope. Let's hope so. From, what is it, your lips to God's ears? How's that go? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, man. Hey, thank you. George, great, thank you. Great speaking with you. You got it. So I'm on the line with Candy. She's from Karaftis uh, Fishing Station over in Port Jeff. Uh, We know each other for a very, very long time since uh, back in the days of Nori Saltwater. They've always been, uh, her and Tim have always been big supporter of ours. So and I'm glad that uh, Candy is here to, she'll give us a report on what's happening in the Port Jeff area. Uh, But before uh, and around wherever, wherever you, whatever you heard, right? Um, Okay. So, but the first question I'm going to have is, are you open and what is the situation? All right, we, we're open. Um, we have all the baits. Okay. Um, fishing is starting to pick up. Um, there's porgies out there from Gray Neck all the way east to Rocky Point and probably further, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, they're catching some fluke by Buoy 11 and off of Cedar Beach, Buoy 9, Suspiring and Squid. Um, I think in closer to the shore has been a little bit better since the water's so cold. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some bluefish out there, some weakfish out there. Um, uh, there's a lot of shad around right now. Yeah, and that, the striped that surprises bass, me. I'm sorry. No, no, yeah, that, that kind of surprises me. But go ahead, finish with that striped bass. <laughs> and then the striped bass are starting to show up. We've had them in the harbor here. We had them right off our dock. Keepers, not huge keepers, but over 28 inches. Yeah, you um, don't want them too huge. <laughs> no. <laughs> then they got to go back. And they'll be knocking over the dock. <laughs> and and uh, the fish is, I mean, it's starting to perk up. But finally, some people are starting to move around. The boats are starting to get in the water. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everything was, of course, a slow start with all that's going on. But we're happy to start to see people coming around. Yeah. And like I said, we have all the baits. We've got the tackle. We're trying to keep supplies in. It's very hard right now to just really get anything. Right. And that's sad. But we do have it. You know, it's too it's too bad that's uh, where we are right now. I'm hearing the same thing from everyone. So now, yep. just to get it straight, are you like, do you have to come to the door? Or are you guys now, it's okay to open the door and come in? As long as somebody has a mask, and I'm trying to keep it so that there's no more than two or three people that come in at oh, a time because okay, it's not a big store. And we do do curbside if somebody doesn't feel comfortable to come inside, we will bring it out to them. Okay, that sounds great. And what are your hours? What time? Uh, what, We're open from 7.30 a.m. Monday through Friday till 5 p.m. And okay. Saturday, we're open from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. And Sunday from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. All right. That sounds great. So, yeah, you know, I just wanted to follow up on your weak fish comment that I also I spoke to somebody who had a bunch of weak fish over six pounds right in Smithtown Bay. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of surprise. I fish, you know, just a little bit uh, west of you. A lot. Uh-huh. I, I run there. I run over there all the time, in fact, but mostly I'm in Smithtown Bay and it actually seems to be shaping up to be much better 
uh, than what we've seen in the last couple of years as far as like everything. So I um, think so. We're it, seeing shad right here at our dock, which we've never seen before, and they're eating the grass shrimp. Wow. Um, yeah, it's and, changing a little bit. And to see that there's some weak fish around and some nice little blue fish around. Oh, yeah. And, and that there was mackerel. I know they caught that on the party boat one yep. day, the yep. first day out. So that's a good sign that there's a lot of things that disappeared for a walk on around. It is, and it seems to be a ton of bait where, you know, finally it just showed up like in the last week, I think, right? Uh, yeah, but right I just see the net is going out now. Yeah. yeah, right before this full moon, it started, you know. Um, so that's great. And uh, I'm glad to hear you guys have made it through this because this has been tough on everyone. And yeah, a hard time. Yeah, and I ask my listeners to please get out there and support these local folks uh, as we all try to rebound. And I'll tell you firsthand, this is not like a promo the fishing really is good. I, I consider it good. I, you know, for me to have like three fish close to five pounds ready to year fluke, there's got to be a lot of them. So, yeah, somebody I know had two yesterday. One is 19 inches and the other one was 22 and a half. So nice. That's nice. Yeah, very nice. All so right, it's Candy. finally starting to happen. Thank you so much for calling us, and we'll talk to you soon. You will talk to us each and every week. I could get you on the phone. Okay. Thanks right, so thanks, much Jen. again. Right, Have a great you. day. You too. Good bye-bye. fishing. Bye-bye. Thanks again, folks, for tuning in to another episode of the New York Fishing Podcast. I'd like to thank you all for joining me here, and please subscribe if you can. I might also like to take one moment and mention that let's get out fishing, folks. We need to fish. When you get out there, you get away from the news, you get away from all the bad, and you're reminded that you really do have a good life, a great life, especially here on Long Island. And those of us that can fish, uh, we're even luckier yet. Sorry, that's just the way I feel. So please, in these trying times, get out. Go fishing. If there's anything you'd like to hear on this show, please reach out and let me know. Once again, please subscribe and watch for a new episode, which is actually already in the can, where I interview uh, some really intelligent people on the management of Tautog in the Long Island Sound. It's a very interesting piece, and I'm going to debut it probably in the next couple of days. But once again, thank you all. Safe fishing. Stay safe. Uh, do whatever they say, even though half the time they don't know what they say. <laughs> they don't know what they're saying. But uh, you better listen to the CDC and social distance and all that other good stuff. So once again, thank you all for joining. And until next time. Thank you for listening to the New York Angler Podcast. You can find more on fishing New York waters at nyangler.com, your secret spot online.